Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 425. Today is October 7th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly. I'm another one of your hosts, Adriel. Hello, everyone. Hey. How are you? Good. Good. If I have to run, <laughs> just, I'll put you on hold. Mute. I got it um, in case my house catches on fire. <laughs> or the fire department shows up and they're like what's going on it's, like, it's exactly a smoker it. it's smoking it's what's your problem <laughs> yeah literally smoking but it smells like applewood so i'm thinking people probably think it's 25 degrees here too by the way welcome to second summer or third or fourth or fifth yeah I I we're in the fifth that's, we're in the fifth so wave Fifth wave of summer. <laughs> yeah, summer is uh, is over for Alberta. <laughs> yeah, is it, it is officially over. No, yeah. it was over well, like two a week yet. ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. It's well, over. okay, it's yeah. over here too, but it, it's kind of those leaves are starting to turn. But mm, we're yeah, back. Twenty-five. To, it's not starting over. to turn. We're, we're, yeah, they're starting to turn. Why don't we talk about what we did in guns? Because it's that would be show. a good idea. <laughs> what we did in guns. With guns is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearm retailer. And this week we have we are highlighting the new Steiner Predator scopes. Hmm. Yeah. Have you actually, have you tried them at all? Uh, I have. I've Steiner scopes, anyways. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're not bad. Yep, they're pretty good. Like them. Good. How about the Adrian? Predators are right around a thousand bucks, and they're like I haven't tried uh, it at all. Two and a half to tens or six to twenty fours. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's good. And if that's like not enough for you, they also have the M7XI, uh, four to twenty eight, and that one is uh, just under eight thousand. Yeah. yeah. See, that's <laughs> the reason why I haven't tried one out. <laughs> PRS is an expensive sport. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, let's start off with Kelly. Okay, so I have not been on in a couple of weeks. I've done a few things. Uh, um, well, the, the last or the first last thing that I haven't done, or yeah, you know what I mean. So I did an Ipsic uh, level two match, uh, not last week, but the weekend before. And we did that at FRPC. It was nice. I was able to sleep in my own bed. It was awesome. I, I shot the last qualifier uh, that I needed to actually be qualified. So, and we're not going to talk about that. Anyways, <laughs> I I worked the event, so I took the Friday off and I helped with setup. And then I shot on Friday afternoon with uh, the rest of the squad uh, that uh, did the setup. Bunch of amazing people, by the way. And then they came back the next day, and I worked uh, the event. I helped with uh, scoring and patching, and yeah, got to see a bunch of people that I regularly see at uh, Matt. Well, this is only my second match, but I regularly see at matches. 
uh, but other <laughs> events and things too. So it's nice to see a lot of people and a lot of people who uh, listen to the show too. So I wanted to say congratulations to Jarrett Ross and also Kyle Voigt. They both finished top. Uh, one was production or overall one was in uh, production. So it was a really good shoot. Uh, lots of fun again. And I was able to get in some practice with uh, the practice score. Uh, and yeah, I really had a really good time. Great crew. And Kelly brought, uh, Kelly was co-match director with Ari and Kelly usually brings food for the, both the participants and the competitors. So really good food by the way. And so, yeah, I went to skeet night with Kelly on Wednesday night of last week and it was the last Wednesday for the year. So typically on Wednesday nights, they'll have it until, uh, first of October. And then they don't have Wednesday nights anymore, which is kind of sad because that's usually our time to get out there and just, you know, relieve some stress and everything. So um, it was our last one, as I said, and it was, I did not finish on a good note. It was not good. <laughs> I It was horrible. I was not in the right frame of mind to, to shoot. And it was, it was horrible, but it was still good. We got out saw some people again that we really like to shoot with so and, and talk to so it was good uh this well, last you, what, so you can't ahead. just go there and shoot skeet whenever it has to be a scheduled night yeah so the only are open wednesday nights and sundays and typically i'm not in town on sundays i am mm-hmm. you know usually doing either a ladies day event or a maple seed event so i'm not here so on wednesday nights this is usually our only night that we can shoot uh, so they have people who run the actual um, canteen slash shop slash everything you can buy. You can buy food there. You can, well, you do have to pay every time you go to. It's five dollars. Uh, uh, you buy cards. So not only do you have your membership, you also have to buy cards that pays for the clays, basically. Yeah, your shot um, cards. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can also buy uh, ammo there as well, shells there. Twenty-eight gauge? No, they don't have any. Um. Anyways, uh. So yeah, only Wednesday nights. You know, we talked about potentially at some point, maybe trying to swing that into the rest of the year if. Kelly and Kelly volunteer, maybe. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if that'll happen. Um, but in order to do that, we would have to run the lights and we'd have to get a bunch of people to go as opposed to just a couple. So gotcha. that's about it. I had two Mabel Seed events that happened this past weekend. So it was uh, happening in London, Ontario. So at the Kremlin Sportsman Association. Sunday, Saturday was a Canadian University Shooting Federation, so Cusive event. And then Sunday was our regular Maple Seed event. I got to meet uh, listeners uh, CJ and Peter, and there was a couple other as well, but I just want to give them a little bit of hey. And then I also wanted to give a shout out to Rick Woods because he helped us every time we go to Kremlin. He's our range liaison and he helped us get in there, and he was fantastic as well. Such a great guy. Um, and also, uh, if you've listened to Slime Fire Radio, you would know that he's been on several times as well. Uh, I wanted to say congratulations to our riflemen and rifle women because we had another rifle woman, rifle person. No, it's, we call them riflemen as well. So uh, Rick and his wife, Jess, Jessica, attended the event and she became a rifleman. It was awesome. I was so nice. excited and happy. 
So, yeah. Uh, we also had four shooters on the line as well. Uh, one of them was our Canadian University Shooting Federation, one of them members, but she's also the national trap uh, uh, champion for Canada this year. I just thought that was awesome, too. Cool. It was interesting. She found it really challenging because there is such a difference between shooting uh, trap and shooting, obviously, mm-hmm. rifle. Yeah. I said, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Just a little bit of a difference. Just there. a little bit, and uh, but she was it was excellent. She did really really well. Uh, Saturday was stinking hot again. We're getting our fifth summer, so it was really really warm. And unfortunately, that meant that a lot of people, uh, well, not unfortunately, we took breaks and we had to hydrate, and it was it was quite warm. And then on Sunday, the opposite. It was. 20 I was 15 or 20 degrees but it was also rained the whole entire time to the Ooh. point where it was just boring so but we got through it everybody had really great spirit and attitudes and we had such a great time too so it was really fun and then I also let them know I was trying to get a sandwich but it didn't work out so well for me my metrics weren't that great <laughs> so <laughs> i told them you right made from the, sure to record it right i told them right from the beginning yes i did and because there, again there were some shooters that listened to the show and they're going is this for a sandwich and i was like yes, <laughs> <it is." laughs> I, yeah yeah anyways i think uh, i'm still gonna owe you a sandwich at the end of this year you think so yeah okay uh, Wednesday night we had so because we can't do skeet on Wednesday nights anymore we're going to be going into do IPSC we're going to do IPSC practice sorry uh, so FRPC is putting on IPSC practice for anybody who wants to go but it's on Thursday nights and I do something on Thursday night <laughs> it's a one night I can't go so clubs do that I know right and maybe we should talk about changing the show night just saying uh, and then, uh, but Kelly and I are going to be going to the range on Wednesday nights because we're switching out from skeet over to Ipsic. So my goal currently is to go enough and then also practice on my own. Uh, yeah. And by 2022, I want to be a B-level shooter so that I can be class shooter so that I can, yeah, I want to get speed accuracy down. I want to become a B-class shooter. That's my goal. And I will get there. Because I always achieve my goals. I don't let anything stand in my way. So on Wednesday night, what I wanted to do was uh, I took one of the stages. So going back to the Ipsic match, the level two, you know, the one way back when uh, that I was talking about, I did really well, except for the uh, last stage. I completely screwed it. And one of the challenges I have is... I is shooting around a barrier at 25 meters and ensuring that I have made all my hats. One, I can't see the goddamn targets. I still can't see them. <laughs> but just to have smooth trigger pulls and make sure that I've hit them. So I wanted to work on that on Wednesday night. And that's what I did. Just shooting around barricades, shooting around barricades. I And also on staggering the targets as well. So at 10 uh 10, 15, 20, and 25 meters, uh, and just uh, going through them and drilling them. So that was one of my that was one of my goals for I for um, Wednesday night was just to take that specific piece and just work on it. Just keep going mm-hmm. through it, and yeah. So I'm gonna keep breaking down all kinds of different aspects of it so I can get my goal met. 
I just need to speed up. I'm accurate. I just need to be speed up. Uh, and I just wanted to say, hey, Derek. I met Derek, one of our listeners he, at FRPC as well. And he he, he broke the news to me that uh, Cacao72, he wrote into the show asking about the chocolate place. Cacao72 is closed. <laughs> and I, I haven't been there in forever because we shoot. We don't go in and have chocolate anymore. Um, so if you've been listening to the show, you know about that. Wednesday nights was officially chocolate night until we started shooting on Wednesday nights. So he said it's no longer uh, there. And I didn't know that. COVID. COVID. That sucks. I know, right? And yeah, that's about it. Um, Kyle, what about you? Oh, I was up in Peace River, shot the team match for the MP3G team match this weekend. It was a really awesome weekend. Had great weather. Can't complain about the weather at all. Had some good times with friends. And yeah, there was 10 stages overall. And after day one, my teammate DJ, he's that 16-year-old that I've been training since he was 11. We're teamed up again this year. And we were behind the overall leader by two seconds after day one. And okay, cool. Awesome. It's going to be a close race. Uh, the guys in the lead, yeah, knew it was going to be close even going into it if they were going to be there. Uh, they had who, someone. Who are, the, who are the people in the lead? Uh, it was uh, Sam and Josh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we were squatted with them too. So it was really awesome. Uh, but they had some issues on the long range stage. Like, well, we came out Sunday and off of the first stage, I think Josh had some issues on the blind stage where I was doing the blind portion too. And I screwed up on the blind storage portion too, but we were about 20 seconds. We gained about 20 seconds on them off the first stage on Sunday, picked up another 10 seconds on them on the shotgun stage and that but in the end like they they hit the long range stage which wasn't long range but the longer range because only went out to like 125 yards but uh they had some issues on the longer range steel Hmm? that's considered longish longish yeah we yeah we add the ish ish make it acceptable (laughs) they unfortunately had some issues on that so that really knocked them back and that and so dj and i were able to pull out an overall win quite handily with 40 seconds up from the second place and sam and josh unfortunately like we don't we didn't want to win that way we wanted it to be close and and that but uh they ended up with third so that that really hurt them there yeah and like i said we didn't want it we wanted it to be close we wanted to be a battle especially because we were squatted together but it's it's unfortunate but we were able to Still pull out the overall. Um, few there was one interesting one, which actually, you know, I'm gonna wait for Kelly because she's gonna get a kick out of this. But uh, so there was only like the blind stage. It basically was uh, half of it was blind. So one person. Maybe um, before you get into the description of it, what is a blind stage? So a blind stage, you don't get to walk through it. You don't even get to look at it. So they board off the uh, the whole bay. So you don't even get mm-hmm. to see what's in there. And when it's time to go, so in this situation, your first partner shot the visible and they could walk it. They ran over, tagged you, and you ran into this room that you didn't get to see in or anything. Your guns mm-hmm. are in there. You run in there. 
analyze everything and see where all the targets are and what you have to do right on the clock. Hmm. So it's I'm mixed on the blind stages, but it's a it's a staple of the team match. It's at every every single one. So you you know you're getting a blind stage at the team match. Sounds uh, like a cool concept. Sounds like it like there would be a lot of tough like um technicalities with it like you have to make sure that no one sees it and you gotta so the build yeah. crew can't be a shoot crew and uh or else yeah, like when there's like, only one person who's who gets to see it and then they're ro and then sooner or later you end up getting more help with it so it does delay especially at the start it does delay the running of the match because only certain people are allowed to go in there to to reset and mm-hmm. and whatnot so and it's a team match it's fun so okay if one or two people get to see it before because they help put it up or they're in their resetting like okay so be it but they they do their best to to limit how many people can see it and from what i saw all the competitors especially over overnight and that did pretty good with no we're it we're i'm not gonna tell my partner what's in there because they have to go in there tomorrow and so there was a lot of honesty on that one and uh actually on that we, my partner almost got the, well, it did get DQ'd and then turns out he was just shooting fast and they actually overturned it. So the first stage of the match, my partner got DQ'd, went onto the shotgun stage and then they actually overturned it. And Doug was trying to show me video. I'm like, I can't watch this. I haven't been in there. I can't watch it. But, (laughs) But yeah, so that was fun. Uh, One of the, and actually this comes from the, blind stage one of the funniest comments throughout the weekend so we had a newer shooter and he was told okay yeah you see those targets with the hands on there basically don't shoot the hands that's a no shoot so he goes in shoots his stage and we're talking later on that day uh after we're all done shooting and basically what he did was he still shot the targets but made his made sure he didn't shoot the hands on the target because he thought it was, <laughs> it was he had his hands up. I, I think he did one, but I, I just shot around the hands. The <laughs> <laughs> like it's a hand model or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, blind I stage. Think should, I you think you guys should run a stage yeah. blindfolded, spin your partner around, shove him towards the target, calling out hot and shoot in cold. <laughs> shoot. <laughs> oh. I Shooting love it. For blind people, we get a whole a new market segment that. for community. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know what? I we've done something similar, but not the shooting. You've we've gone in there where you have where your I think it was last year, or the year before your your partner was seated in a chair. They weren't allowed to say anything, and then you were blindfolded and you were spun around in a circle, and then they ripped the pillowcase off your head and said, "Go!" Come on. And, yeah, that was that was fun. But yeah, the the target with the hands is like it's a hand model. Don't shoot the hands. That was I <laughs> comment of the weekend for sure. Um people liked my shotgun stage. Uh I gave in to peer pressure because I was setting it up the night before and yeah. I had no one side was no shoots, one side was hoser. And People were complaining about how close I was putting the no shoots, but after this weekend, um, yeah, I really need to tighten up those no shoots. And I've actually already volunteered to do the shotgun stage next year, and they didn't hate me now. They are going to hate me next year because I pretty much already have it designed, and it is going to be nasty. I love the uh, concept of 
having slow targets and fast targets right next to each other and then alternating because nothing nothing shows you uh, nothing tests that 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 ability to speed up or slow down better than those the, the, those kind of target arrays. Yeah. Yeah, so I did a little different being the team match like I, I agree with you Adriel for sure but so basically I had two sides. Uh, the hoser side was five clays, six poppers, five clays, and then the activator mm-hmm. for the Death Star. And then the other partner was on the more technical take your time. It had eight mm-hmm. targets. Each had a no shoot right beside it, and then they actually had to shoot the star on the Death Star. Well, that's a neat like. So then, what you're what you're basically doing is you got to pick who's more accurate and who's faster and put them on the right <laughs> spot. That's 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 neat too. That's that's a different. Uh, but then the next day you switch. Hmm. So you mm. end up shooting both sides. Yeah. But yeah. No, but next year they're they're gonna hate me because I got something really nasty planned. Oh, that's awesome. Did you yep. have tight stuff around the the shotgun shell targets? Well, it was a shotgun stage. The whole thing That's, was a shotgun say. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. I, they were no. And afterwards, um, they're they were way too far away. They were not near as close as I wanted because, I mean, and people were already complaining. Oh, they're close, and then they shot. Actually, that's not bad. But no, it's not bad. I mean, Ipswich Shotgun Nationals, your no shoot was half covering your target. Yeah, with I a like full that. choke, you're aiming like three inches off target just to try and not hit the <laughs> no shoot. <laughs> Like that. And that's the kind of thing that they're going to see next year, along with some other nasty stuff that I'm not going to let go right now. <laughs> you're not going to give them a heads up? No, you're I'm not going to give them a heads up. Yeah, no. you're my kind of person. I love you. <laughs> I like showing up the night before, setting it up, and they wake up. What the heck is this? So, but that's basically it for me. Just fun weekend shooting the two- team match. Uh, Adriel, how about you? Oh, not a lot. I did the uh, Maple Seed shoot boss call on Monday there, and then mostly just. Oh yeah, we did videos. that too. Eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we've got we basically got a Maple Seed call one out of every uh, week, uh, half of all weeks. There's a Maple. I seed have call. one every week. Do you want to trade spots? No, mostly <laughs> I'm trying to sell my house right now. Fine. It's it looks like this basically. Yeah, it looks beautiful. By the way, you've done a lot of Very work. Nice. A lot of, re- yeah. lot of renos. Yeah, let's see if it sells. Uh, and then uh, yeah, I did a bunch of YouTube videos. So the TNA nine millimeter uh, PCC review, Covenant Seven, uh, Claris XT two CR Pro barbecue BBQ W2F, um, and then uh, three things to do to your Ruger ten twenty two right outside of the box. Because like uh, Kelly, Kelly knows like if if we show up to Maple Seed, some people have uh, unmodified Rugers, and there's a couple of mods on mm-hmm. them that uh, I would say are uh, necessary to like. To they're make necessary. Them. They're also they're they're also with safety in mind as well. <laughs> like the auto bolt release, Ruger it, thinks that that's, that that bolt release is a safety feature. No, it's not. It's <laughs> the exact opposite. It's not, Put it's, somebody who's newer or inexperienced with it on it, and while getting to fiddling. try and mm-hmm. either one lock it back or two trying to release it, that's a safety issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, t- I showed people about that and lock tightening the base on because pretty much every other maple seed I go to someone's bases or scope rings go loose and the bases, the bases like it, you will, if you're going to use the factory base, just lock tight that thing on and never look at it again. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. And then 
Did I talk about like maybe I talked about moving the scope forward? Eye relief. Eye relief. Yeah. Proper eye relief. Yep. So let's go forward, getting cheek rest okay. built up, that kind so of thing. So there's four things that we recommend. One is mm-hmm. put in a new buffer pin or bolt buffer. So something silicone. It's not, but the amount of stuff that we put through, we we change our thought immediately. Sorry. Extend bag release. We uh, talk about getting a rail so that you can move your uh, scope forward because that's one of the biggest things. People extended always, rail. Yeah, yeah, extended rail. And also the bolt. The uh, Bolt release. Um, bolt release, and that's it. Trigger, you can get a new trigger. You can get new stock. You can, so, but, and then all not necessary. Trigger. No, it's you not know? necessarily necessary. The bolt, the bolt <laughs> release is like is by that's, far the biggest one. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I could deal with the rest. Like if you put if you put a, a factory Ruger ten twenty two in my hands, the only things I would need the the bolt release is nice. It's not necessary, but it's nice enough that you should just yeah. do it. Just a Dremel, and then build up the cheek release. Yeah. 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 But mm-hmm. you're, yeah. You're somebody that knows your way around the 1022 and a Dremel and a Dremel. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, you can make that a boat release yourself. I may, I may have done that uh, yes. uh, over the week. Yeah. Over the week. <laughs> Somewhere during the last, by week, the way, I, I just to it. let you know, the last has some more parts in. So they're, yeah, they have the extended rails. I was looking, and they also have the uh, audible releases in too. Oh, Just oh. I can't, I can't yeah, go into it. Places. Once do I got it. my new place, do it. <laughs> I've been waiting while, forever yeah. in two days for them to put, get it in stock, but they got a bunch. Did they get their some more of their mag releases that have the extended bolt release tab on it? Yes. Those are really nice. Because when you when you yes. get other mag releases that go down under the trigger, they like block off the bolt release. Mm-hmm. Slider thingamabobber. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, what? I'll have more. I have a couple more videos coming out too. Okay. One on a trigger. One on an extended mag release. Mm, no. <laughs> no. Oh. I the the factory one is okay. The factory like tab one that you just push forward. It's okay. Yeah. It's not the best, but it's okay. And yeah. I don't think it's going to save like a, a a ton of time to just boop push a push forward on that. I do like the other ones, like Brownells has one that's like seven dollars. Mm-hmm. It's like a plastic one, or the some of the fancier ones. But uh, yeah, do you remember Matador Arms when they did the Earth? That was so nice. I don't think I tried that one. Yeah, it's a really good one. Uh, that was a push forward one, right? B- yeah, big paddle push paddle. forward. The yeah. Brownells one is like that, but it's yeah. smaller and plastic. And yeah, no, theirs was machined. So mm. It was um, a really nice one. And then True North Arms has one that I really like. It's a really thin one that just goes underneath the trigger. It's kind of like the um, kid, the kid one, except it's very thin and also mm. very reasonably priced. I like them. I like those style, but I also don't like them if you're wearing gloves or mitts or anything like that. I you gotta go shoot when I need gloves and mitts. No, I, <laughs> I don't gloves. shoot with mitts either, even when it's twenty below. Yeah, twenty below. Yeah, if if but, I shoot three uh-huh. gun in like minus twenty, I just put a big parka on, and I go like over my belt and whatever. I go, oh, it's time to shoot. Whip the parka off. Okay, let go. Hit the button. Hit the button. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do all my shooting. Dump the rest. Okay, parka back yep. on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Richard is Richard is watching. He came to Maple Seed in Stittsville, and he says the bolt release is 
shite, basically. <laughs> the mod is absolutely required, and he, he is right about that. Plus, it's thermal friendly mod. Adriel approved. <laughs> He's... I've not done it with an angle grinder yet. That would be impressive. It's you gotta like get that no. little curvature. In yet there. is yet, yet is that keyword. Hmm. <laughs> so you can do it with a Dremel or you can do it with a round file. It's really easy to do. Round file, come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Dremels are cheap. If you don't have a Dremel, you need a Dremel in your life. If you own guns and don't own a Dremel, I don't think you're a gun owner. <laughs> I don't have a Dremel. Oh <laughs> you need a Dremel, Kelly. Okay. For those who don't know, Tim is from Texas. Remember last mm. year, Tim, when your all your pipes froze? That's when you need a barca. <laughs> Just saying, you're not immune. What's house insulation? Yeah. <laughs> well, it keeps your house from freezing if your power oh. goes out. Oh, Peter doesn't work, but the AC works. <laughs> Didn't that happen when the pipes froze too? All the power went out? Yeah. 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 Sorry, Tim. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to be doing a bunch more videos, but like all my guns are gone. So it's just the editing and that kind of thing. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see a plethora of them over the next little while. Yeah. Cause I've got all my content all over with my editor and uh, he's going to be very busy. Yeah. Tim's now telling us, you know what? I'm American. He's talking yeah. about his, a- his AKs. Whatever. Yeah, for AKs, you need to own a hammer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So those, rib, those rivets, rivets get loose, and you just whack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little stank. Uh, upcoming events. Upcoming events is sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms vertical. They help with business processes, strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. You can go learn more at telosalpha.com. And first one is from listener Chris, and I guess there's a three-gun competition in Niagara, October 9th. For more information and to register, you can jump on Practice Score and search up Modern Rifle Challenge 4. Sweet. Uh, also from Chris, there's Action Pistol in Guelph on October 22nd to 23rd. And same thing, Practice Score. Uh, it's IDPA match. So... There's a link here, but I would say search up Guelph IDPA October 22nd, 23rd. You should be able to find it. Yeah. Uh, and we got one from Kevin S. Thunder Bay Combat Club will be holding their last IPSC match of the year on October 24th in Nulelu, Ontario. Nulelu. Okay, I <laughs> see that there now. It will consist of four stages plus one classifier Bring uh, 100 plus rounds just to be safe. Register in advance on practice score. $20 for the match fee or $25 for walk-ons. Sweet. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can just search up that club on that weekend and you'll be able to find that match. Yeah. Um, This is also from Kevin, the Canadian Multi-Gun Series, October 15th and 16th. It's their fourth match of the year. And another practice score, Canadian Multi-Gun Series 2021. Uh, I can't remember where I saw that one. Where is that yeah. one? So it, was sent to us, it was sent to us by email and it was sent by uh, Craig, Craig 
Yes. And uh, he's the match director for this. So it is happening in um, Galt, I believe, no, Guelph as well. So I'm um, thinking I'm, it's uh, the fourth match of, he's already had three, obviously. This is the uh, last one. If you go into our email section, I wasn't able to, I was going to try and copy and paste it into there, but it didn't actually let me do that. So one of the things I wanted to do was, so it's Canadian multi-gun series. Uh, it's hosted by, at the Guelph Rod and Gun Club. Uh, it uh, The series takes place on range one, two, and three. So Friday the 15th uh, in the afternoon and all day Saturday, October 16th. It's going to be uh, five stages of three gun, uh, super large stage on range ones and a lot more movement on the other throughout the five stages as well. It says, so you can actually click on that practice score link to register. You can go and um, search it out as well. So it is the multi-gun series. It's going to be on uh, October 15th and 16th. So that's happening next weekend. So nice. go there. A lot of people that we know or listen to the show or maybe are on other shows, uh, they are going to, they, they shoot this as well. So requirements are wholesale qualifications. So you have to either have IPSEC, IDPA, PPC, or ODPL, no steel core ammo, holster with a minimum of a level one retention, um, belt and vest to hold mags and ammo. Uh, there is uh, loading restrictions on all firearms. Uh, you have to note that uh, pistol, rifle, PPC, and rifle, uh, sorry, rimfire magazines uh, cannot load more than 10 rounds. So they have that. Shotgun preload uh, pump max 11 rounds. Semi autos max 9 rounds. All shotguns, rifles, or sorry, all rifles and shotguns, including PPC and pistol uh, conversions, must have chamber flags. Your pistol holster needs to have at least level 1 retention. I think that's redundant. We already said that. COVID declaration and temperature requirement. So mm -hmm. if you go and do that, he has pictures here. I'm going to try and uh, set that up and maybe we can add it to our website tonight as well because he's doing a lot of work with uh, with multi-guns uh, series here in Ontario so go and check them out so if you're in the Guelph area go and check it out go and try it out three gun or multi-gun sounds awesome yeah good to hear about some three gun happening out in Ontario you don't hear about that a whole lot yeah what I'd like to do is uh, I asked him uh, to potentially come on and let us know about it because he's been running it for a couple of years. And uh, and I think it's the third or fourth year, and he's even trying to uh, bump it up next year as well. So maybe after this. Uh, so the fourth one, the, the last match is on next weekend. So after that, I think that we should have him on, do a wrap-up, and see what he's going to be doing next year. Mm -hmm. I'd like to go and take one of those. I'd like to go to just another something else to shoot. Why not? Yeah, of course. Why not? Why not? Sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got some upcoming maple seeds with tickets available. Uh, looking like there's BC events, uh, Victoria Fishing Game, Sayward, Kamloops, and then there's uh, Lloyd Minster and Drumheller in Alberta as well. Lloyd no Minster, yeah, just Drumheller. Okay. So happening. Okay. Uh, you can sign up on mapleseedrifleman.com. And the Hampton, New Brunswick one had to get canceled because yeah. New Brunswick has a quarter of the active cases of Alberta, so it's an emergency and everything has to shut down. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh, but that's absolutely 100% true. <laughs> oh, dear. We still have lots, mm -hmm. but outdoors fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just got reduced, but 
Oh, look at that. Oh, they say they want to fundraise for a Dremel for Kelly for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think that's a great idea. Do you imagine all the stuff I'd be Dremeling? <laughs> hmm. Might be scary, but you need one. All the things around the house. <laughs> yeah. for like uh, Doing your nails. You need to buff them? Buff them right. at high speed. Yes. Yeah. Well, that is technically correct. If you go in to get your nails done at any of the shops, they use a Dremel. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't know yes, that. They I'm do. Just guessing. Oh, <laughs> no, I thought, I thought it... this was a completely ridiculous use of the technology, and you're telling me it's not. Hmm. No, it's not. Especially. So why if don't you, you have, have one yet, then? Do you see my nails? <laughs> I no. Shoot for, I, <laughs> I shoot for a living. <laughs> They're horrible. <laughs> just grind them down. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. No. Oh God, I showed my nails on. Oh. Yeah, you did. They're dirty. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ladies' days. Stay tuned. Is there going to be any more ladies' days this year? You know. Uh no, we're going to. Um, yeah. So yeah, maybe next week I'll. I know there's there's a couple that are coming out. I think there's one in Lloydminster on the twenty second. Uh, but yeah, all this is for next week. Everybody's talking about. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm totally distracted. Hi, Jared. Jarrett was at the match. Uh, he did really well, by the way. Uh, have an Ipsit Mac. <laughs> Everybody wants to raise money for me to get a Dremel. What is this about? <laughs> and yes, Roger, the dogs do also Dremel and learn nails as well. Ooh, that's a great idea. My dogs need to. There. there you go. See? We're finding uses all around for you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Hey, on to the news. And. One bit of news here, Corwin Arms is closed. Yeah, what's up with that? Oh, for a while he's been saying that uh, he's, he's going to. Yeah. No, do you think it's do you think it's uh uh covid related? I don't know. Like I've I've bought stuff from Corwin Arms, but like so I assume <laughs> I, I've they, never they did that. some some purchases online. They had like like a lot of Milserp stuff, a lot of specialty yeah. Milserp stuff. And every yep. once in a while they'd get something in that was like crazy cheap. Like one time they had uh uh, Beretta mags that were like from Italy mm-hmm. and they were crazy cheap and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I I liked the stuff that they brought into country. Yeah. That's unfortunate though. A lot yeah. of people say, so I just clicked on the link and there's a lot of people saying that it's really unfortunate that it was an awesome company and it's sad to see them go. So, yeah. Any yeah other Mike's news? saying Milsurp basically dried up. Yeah. There's still some Milsurp out. Head on down to new gun stuff, and uh, ooh, I don't think I I updated it, but I have one Milserp thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. we'll go on to the CCFR Legal Fund donations because those have been uh, coming in again. So yep. thank Dunville Hunters and Angles Anglers official. Uh, they donated five hundred dollars from their Ladies' Day. Mm-hmm. Pinecrest Revolver and Gun Club donated five grand. My range is coming up. Frontenac Rifle and Pistol Club donated five grand. Uh, Scorpion Outdoor Products donated nine hundred bucks. Calgary Shooting Center donated five k, and St. Paul Fish and Game donated a thousand bucks. So That's thank awesome. you all, all these clubs for donating. That's awesome for sure. So they're and, still. Well, I was going to say, they're still doing the. Uh, so, by the way, where is that? I've been. Didn't you, didn't you win one? Yeah, I was actually thinking of messaging Tracy. Now that okay, everything, she might Sorry. be calming down and 
Yeah. She's been she's been silly busy. Silly yeah. Busy. No, I that's why I've been very, very patient and I haven't been trying oh. to bug her. You know what? <laughs> Fantastic. I love you. Okay. So here's the deal. <laughs> there we're doing another neon sign, but you can go to the website, you can click on the link and you can win it. It might take a while to get it, but you can still win it. <laughs> <laughs> go and do it. It's ten dollars. And Kyle, at some point, will be able to show you his. Yeah. At some point, yeah. And I, I understand. Like, she's yeah. busy. There's a lot of stuff on the go. So, yeah, there was uh, kind of an election that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. So, the other thing is also right now, a lot of people are been posting, and it's really great to see. They are getting these really, really cool stickers. Uh, they're window stickers, decals, whatever you want to call them. I got one of those. Yeah, but it's for everybody who's renewed their membership this year. So remember last year there was a challenge point. Some people didn't get them because of mail them falling through and all that. Anyways. Mm, yeah, I remember. So, I want a, a, a window sticker is even more useful. As soon yeah. as I got my new garage, put the window <laughs> sticker on my van. Put it on there. Uh, <laughs> so everybody's been posting that they're getting these uh, because they've renewed their membership. And right now it's more important than ever to go and do that. Uh, obviously, with the election that just happened. Or right where we are uh, going into the election. So you know what that means. Mm -hmm. There's lots of work for us to do. We'll have the OIC challenge that uh, will have to happen. Go and check out the CCFR web, uh, website because there's a timeline there too with respect to the OIC yep. as well. Looks like uh, there might be a hearing at some point in the fall. So a year from now. Uh, but we need to support them. And so what I'm going to be doing is with my next pay, I'm going to be sending them $100. So I'm going to challenge you guys or anybody else that's listening or anybody uh, to send $100 to the legal challenge. So if yep. you can, if you cannot, then just share that stuff and, you know, talk to your club, but donating, et cetera, because I'm sure that everybody wants to keep their guns. That's it. That's all I have to say. Okay. I'll take that challenge. And if you do and can, if you do want to, and you can donate, you can, you can donate by sending an EMT to finance at a firearms rights.ca. Correct. Or oh. you can go specifically to donate and then it'll go there too. So okay. on their website. So yeah. All right. maybe, maybe we should have another fundraiser, not for a Dremel, but for them, or maybe we'll, we'll have a Dremel as a prize. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Yeah, raffle off a Dremel, full with the cordless snake tool. One of the cordless you get the snake tool on mm. the end of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cordless That's is good idea. Good though, because cordless you can like you can get into all sorts of nooks and crannies, and it's like way more compact of a kit. Oh, is it? Cord everywhere. Yeah, that's why I got the snake cord to it, so I can get in you there. Got a permanent setup though. Permanent setup. Uh, you you go corded with the snake setup, and then the yeah. Dremel hangs over there, and who cares? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So there's a couple of people that have been talking. I love that they're talking to each other, Richard and Derrett. Um, by the way, Richard, in your area, check out Kremlin because they're they're setting up events. And I'm going to click off you so that it's, but these guys are talking back and forth. Okay, room, <laughs> guys. <laughs> and then autograph by it. now we're really talking about yeah. Kremlin's and Adriel needs yeah. to sign it. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> and free lessons. Oh, free lessons too. Okay. Uh, my so, lessons go on YouTube. 
You know what? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, this is an executive decision. We're going to do this. So, Adriel. I like the idea. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's do this. And Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're no longer on what we didn't gun. So, by the way. No, talking about Tremels and fundraising. Yeah. Whatever. So, let's do that. It's not, but it's Slamfire Radio related. Mm hmm. So yep. let's let's give a away. Dremel and a nice carbide tip, nice carbide cut. Oh yeah, it, it gotta must. have it. Gotta, gotta have, have it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So an aid rule will sign up <laughs> and send it to you with stickers. <laughs> Maybe I'll throw a sticker in there. Uh, stickers depends on when the timing of this. My <laughs> stickers are in a box somewhere. Oh come on, you got. Wait, you could order more. I might have some stickers <laughs> here. I might have some stickers here. I'll have to make for, sure to keep them. for. Special, special stickers. stickers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's do it. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Do Thanks, it. everybody. Uh, we'll get on to new gun stuff. And new gun stuff is sponsored by Bolt Action Coffee. Slamfire Radio is a brand ambassador for Bolt Action Coffee. Coffee is roasted in small batches and is quite honestly some of the best coffee you can get your hands on. Send it to your house and by going to boltashandcoffee.com and use discount code SLAMFIRE in all capitals. And I just got my last shipment in. And so I'm good for a bit. Whoa. I got like some a doggy bag. <laughs> and uh, that's not showing up. It's a Midnight Canoe Trip. So the Midnight Canoe Trip is their new one. And Scope Up is the one that I typically buy too. And it's delicious. It is seriously some of the best coffee I've ever drank. And if you, people follow me on social media, you know that coffee is my life. So it's really good stuff. But you want to read about what's happening uh, Absolutely. in the limited edition? Yeah. So they got a new limited edition coffee coming out. And so in the 11th hour. Mm-hmm. 11th hour of the 11th day in the 11th month, the guns of the Great War fell silent. This coffee is shipped the week before Remembrance Day and Memorial Day, and a portion of the proceeds will be donated to veterans' organizations. The order cutoff is Monday, November 8th at 1230 Mountain Standard Time. This is a limited run. Only 300 pounds will be roasted, and over 50% is sold already. Read more for details on this truly unique barrel-aged coffee, or click the link to... Learn more on our website or order now. And I can say I've ordered three pounds for myself of that. And when you yeah. read their description of the roast, it sounds pretty tasty. Yeah. Mm. So go and do it. There's only 300 and it's already halfway sold out. And yeah, yeah this is, and it's a veteran owned company and it goes back to veterans anyways. But I think that a portion of this is going specifically to veterans organizations. So go and do it. Just saying. Nice. Yep. Okay. And then we hand it over to Adriel to go over what he uh, put in here for new gun stuff. Yeah. So there's, the first things first, there's there's a couple of Thanksgiving sales on right now. So just uh, watch for those because um, they're pretty good. And then the next one here, we're talking about Millsurps. And I found a fantastic deal on Millsurps. Marstar's got a combo of two Carcanos, uh, a Model 38 and a Model uh, M91. Uh, and six stripper clips and a case for $600. That's a pretty good price. 300 bucks per rifle plus six stripper clips plus a case. Yeah. Yes. If only yeah. I was in a different situation, I think I would be ordering okay, that. You need to move fast. If only I didn't, my truck didn't throw a rod, I might be ordering. Because <laughs> like you can, you could buy those and, mm-hmm. 
sit on them for five years and then sell them for a, a few hundred bucks more in five years or shoot them and do stuff with them or not. It doesn't matter, but uh, they're going to be worth more than $600. Well, uh, yeah. probably in, in even a year, they'd be worth more than 600 bucks. SKSs are weird. They, they yeah. trucked along for a while before the price went up on those, but $300 oh. for a mill syrup is, is very low. This is like the yeah. most inexpensive mill syrup you can get right now. And to yeah. get two different styles of them, and a case and six stripper clips. These stripper clips are about, uh, I think they're like 15 bucks each. The reproduction 20 bucks ones. A piece. Yeah. 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 Right around there. 20 bucks a piece. And so, uh, yeah. Going back to what Kyle said. For eight, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going back to what Kyle said. We know why SKS went up in price though. We're not getting. Because they got popular. We're not, <laughs> why did they get popular, Kyle? They were already popular before that, but they're one of the things that people can use other than they can't use their ARs anymore. So yeah, people, people are buying SKS like they're... Inflation. I remember when I Inflation. bought SKSs, I bought two of them, built up one, rapidly sold them, and yeah. Did you put Tapco stocks on them? Just one. dollars <laughs> <laughs> who cares, right? Yeah, oh, exactly. It's a $200 gun. <laughs> Why do I care? <laughs> Why would you yeah. show me? Okay. Mm. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, wait, no, not that. And then, so these are, these can be difficult to find. Marstar has got some Gevarm magazines in stock. They have 15 rounders and eight rounders. Uh, I've talked to people who say that they can't find these. So okay. it's very nice that, uh, that we can. So, yeah. yeah, they're both still in stock. They're right around 50 bones, which seems high until you like realize that <laughs> that's there. These mags are quite expensive. They're hard to find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Carcano yeah. was the JFK rifle. Mm. So did you see my, I posted a meme recently, but they did Kennedy's. It was not. Yeah, I, I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I can't, I can't believe the carmen. They're killing me. I can't, yeah. car cano. Not believe them. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People need okay. to be sensitive humor. Just yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the main topic. There's the finger guns. All right. <laughs> Hi, everybody. And we're back. I'm back again. And uh, we have our, we actually have our guest in house tonight. Uh, we tried last night, but uh, as I said, I don't calendar so good. So, uh, Apologies, but he's here tonight. So joining us this evening is very, very longtime friend of the show. He was hanging out with McClatchy and I when he would come to Canada, going all the way back to Canadian Reload Radio. His, his relationship with Matthew and I predates Slamfire Radio, as a matter of fact. So I'm not saying he's old, but that's a long time ago. And um, Steve Lee is a lifelong, well, I don't know if he's a lifelong gunny, but he is, he, hmm, it's gotten so complicated. I I would say, and I have said that Steve Lee is, or certainly was at one time, Australia's most popular, prominent gun advocate, known in Australian shooting communities and in communities around the world. He's gone to many different countries to hunt, and he is known. Um, for his firearms advocacy in Canada and in the United States. He's also a recording artist. He's recorded 
How many albums, Steve? There's definitely two um, that I'm familiar with. Yeah, two gun albums, and then I did three or four albums with my family band before I got into to the gun albums. Yeah. Right. So the gun, the gun music, as I refer to it, um, some of the best. Uh, big fan. And as uh, Heffy here found out recently, we use your music on our on our intro for Slamfire Radio, and always have, and it has never changed. The hosts have come and gone. But Steve Lee's music has remained the one constant through. Even our logos changed, but not our intro music. It's it continues to be "I Like Guns" or, or yes, it's still "I Like Guns," right? Yeah. Time, time to get a gun. No, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at Andrew. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> time to get a gun. <laughs> time to get a gun. It's time to get a gun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And one of my favorite Steve Lee memories is walking into the airport with Steve and Matthew and the three of us singing that song as we're going into an airport is uh, it was kind of a surreal moment. So Steve Lee, welcome back to Slamfire Radio. Thanks, Mike. Good to see you. So, so Steve, I, I wanted you to come on tonight to get caught up. Um, first and foremost, the most important topic tonight is your ongoing legal battle over your firearms license. And um, we'll get into that. But first, I also want to touch upon the COVID situation in Australia, because over here in Canada, we're hearing all kinds of things, some of which are probably blown out of proportion, some of which unfortunately aren't blown out of proportion. And that is the uh, level of restriction and control and how those restrictions are enforced in Australia. So maybe you could start there. And, and uh, I know you're kind of living out in the country. You're not downtown, yeah. so you're not subjected to them every day. But what are, is it as bad as everybody says it is? Well, if you ask an Australian, they'd say it's not too bad at all. But then if you compare it, and of course, we don't get outside the country to see what we're comparing it to. It's um, like much of the other sort of restrictions in Australia. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Like the same as the firearms stuff. You don't realize how bad it is until you go and see another country. Unless, of course, you go to China or something ridiculous. It's always had them. But uh, in relation to the COVID, um, all the stuff you see, you guys have been seeing on the um, news is, um, I would say, completely true but it's taken over a, a matter of months so the um with the police brutality and the police enforcement and everything that's all for real for sure so that's all something that's just been going on and on but out here in the country the police are still country police so they uh, a lot of them might be um won't enforce it like you see on the, on the uh on the news and stuff but it is bad and I was just talking to you guys a minute ago about the uh checking in thing where you got you got the app where you got to check in well that's just a common thing that everybody does in Australia. You talk to anyone, they go, yeah, every, every time you go anywhere in Australia now, you just check in and let the government know exactly where you are every time you go outside your house. So so everyone carrying a smartphone <laughs> has a... Age of mine is blunt. So everyone carrying a smartphone has a government app on it, and when they go into a store, they literally check in, and then that tells the government you were at that store at that date at that time. Yeah, correct. Now... I so don't know rolling. exactly how it works because my wife, for instance, went into this is probably six months ago when I first got concerned about it. She went into a shopping center called Woolworths. I don't know if you guys have Woolworths there, but we have it near Australia. It's just a big shopping complex. She went in there, was supposed to sign in, forgot to sign in, went, did a shopping. On the way home, she got a text message from that um, shopping center saying, if you don't check in again, um, you can't come to this store. You must check in every time you come. But she hadn't used her card to check in. So she's like, Number one, where do they get my phone number from? And number two, how do they know I was there? So she uses this card there. It's a rewards point card for Woolworths. So she must have not checked in, 
but went through the machine and ticked her card on. So they somehow within a matter of minutes, they knew that she hadn't checked in. And I don't know if so that got me concerned because is it the government app that the shopping centre has complete access to as well? I don't know. So that was frustrating. I mean, the two have got to be... The, the two have got to be communicating somehow. Well, yeah, maybe, unless maybe it's... I'm not sure how it works, but that was a problem for me that Woolworths was, and they somehow had my wife's mobile, so I guess they got it off her, her card. She's like, so it took us a while to figure it out. But, um, I mean, a Seems... lot of people do sign in, so you can sign in by paper if you don't have the app on your phone, but the majority of people have app on their phone. I don't I don't use the app, but um, it's so... just something that happens. Do you have a, an idea of what the numbers are like in Australia? Like are hospitalizations um, at the at the point where the healthcare system is on the brink of collapse? Are people dying? Are people hospitalized? Or is it just are they using case numbers, case numbers, case numbers, case numbers to justify? Uh, like, it's all about case numbers. They, I mean, I, I'm, I'm still after all this time have not bumped into anyone who's caught COVID. I don't know anyone who's caught COVID at all. So out here in the in the in the country, and I bump into a lot of people. Um, so it's not; uh, it's probably the same as where you guys are. It's it's there's this big thing about no. how many people are catching it. And everything. <laughs> no, no, in Alberta here, like the the healthcare system isn't collapsed, but uh, we're we, we're basically on emergency capacity right now. Like we 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 add beds wherever they can go. Um, all non-essential surgeries have been cancelled. And uh, we're just trying to like make it through right now. So that's how it is in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same here. That all the non-essential uh, surgeries uh, and everything like that um, is happening. So, um, and most in the cities, I guess there there must be a lot of people who are um, stuck in the hospitals because it's like I, I um, my sister-in-law now just found that they had breast cancer, but they couldn't give her a test over the last two years. So, and then she says, I couldn't get the test. And then I go and get a test and I didn't die of COVID, but I'm going to die of this. Like that's, that, how does that work? Yeah. So, um, I mean, but we hear all these stories all the time. They're, they're constantly hearing horror stories. Like my daughter uh, lost her job the other day because she couldn't, uh, if she's in uh, childcare, so she lost her job uh, because she won't get the vaccine. So she wouldn't quit because it's unlawful for them to ask her to, for them to sack her, but she can resign. She said, well, I'm not resigning. And so her friend who was also working with her got the vaccine and you've heard all these stories. And then that following day, her, she had a miscarriage, the girl who got the vaccine, but it wasn't to do with the vaccine, of course. It was to do with whatever else. But I mean, they, I hear these stories regularly, but. Um, so that was my next question about vaccine mandates. For example, like my employer has set it up now where you're right. I can't be sacked for not getting the vaccine. So what my employer will do is send me home without pay indefinitely. So yeah, am I well, supposed to starve yes. to death? Like it's get the vaccine or don't get paid. That's what they're doing to us. So yeah, well, that I court imagine... case that you're watching, that court case that you're watching in Australia is about that. It's about um, whether they have the um, mandate to be able to sack people for um, for not getting the vaccine. Well, see here, they're not sacking us. They're saying you're not fired. You're just not getting paid. And then New Brunswick Human Rights Commission won't hear these cases. And unions are saying, yep, they can legally do it. So they've been they've had the ability to enact this kind of enforcement on the citizens for quite some time. And they're only doing it now. They didn't create these laws overnight. So yeah. if the if the law firm representing the union looks into it and says, 
Oh yeah. They can legally send you home without pay. If you don't put something in your body, you don't want that system has been in place for some time then. Which so you guys do have lockdowns there where they lock a city or something down regularly? Yes. So we've gone from provincial-wide lockdowns to just lockdowning health zones that happen to have more cases than yeah. other places. The terminology is changing all the time. Right now it's called a yeah. circuit breaker. But right now, Thanksgiving weekend in New Brunswick, I cannot have my family into my home for Thanksgiving dinner. But yeah. restaurants are open. And we can all go congregate in a restaurant with a bunch of other families yeah. we don't know. That's the kind of logic we're working under. Well, I uh, at the moment in New South Wales, we're up to 70% uh, double vax as of today. So as of today, I go into lockdown because I'm not double vaxxed and I'm not single vaxxed, but anyway. Um, but when it gets to 80%, they're going to open it up to everyone who's double vaxxed and then I'm not allowed to go out until the 1st of December. And then on the 1st of December the whole of Australia will go back to normal as if nothing's happened. Wow. So anyone who has not disclosed their vaccination status remains in lockdown and all the other people who have disclosed their vaccination status are free to move. Correct. And you've got to walk around with the app. So on your app, the app that you go in and out of places with, that has it on there whether you've been double vaxxed or not. So it's your vaccine passport. So you got the app to track your movement and to prove that you've received two doses. Correct, yeah, but the double, the, they're not calling it the passport because uh, it's funny. We had this um, conservative government in power here bringing all these laws in, so I suppose conservative. Yeah, she she had a, uh, a case coming up. Uh, it's called ICAC. It's an independent corruption um, committee that um, were going after her 18 months ago, so they let it go until this week, and then oh, two weeks ago. So now they're saying they are going to um, charge her or bring charges against her. So then they set, then, then she resigns from her position, but she's done all the COVID lockdowns. She's done all the bad stuff. She's made everyone do all this stuff. But now the we it's our Liberal Party, but it's the Liberals in Australia are called Conservative. Don't, don't even get me started on the name. So they're, they're called the Liberals, but they're Conservative. So they now she's resigned, so they're putting someone else in who's opposed to COVID vac uh, the passports and he, he wants to open up everything. So it's like they did whatever they wanted for the last 18 months. Now they're going to try and get all their um, voters back by putting another guy in, but they did it all anyway. So they're up to 80%. As soon as they get to 80%, they they get rid of her who did it and they put someone else in. So it's, it's all the political games they play in Australia is just horrendous. It just never ends. Mm. And that's a great uh, segue into talking about your ongoing legal battle to, with the registry um, because of uh, the things that they have pulled and, and done. So let's, um, let's, let's talk about guns again. Now, Steve, yeah. you, um, you had quite the large following on YouTube for many years. You had all kinds of awesome shooting videos on YouTube. You traveled the world to hunt you held just about every firearms license possible that someone could hold in Australia. Because unlike Canada, where Canada has two licenses, call it the restricted and the non-restricted, um, there's a different class of license and what you can own and what you can use it for. And, and so there's quite a system, and including a theatrical armors license. Yeah. And um, it was hard to own semi-autos. But at one time you were... You know, you played nice, you jumped through all the hoops, you had just about every license that I know of that you could have. Correct, yeah. And you were a, um, an advocate 
very outspoken and with a lot of exposure. They, yeah. they knew who you were. Um, yeah. So then one day something happens and all your licenses are taken away and you've been fighting ever since. So bring us, bring us back as far back as you want and let's, let's work through to how oh, we are. To you too much of the details, but yeah, you're right. So when I did the videos in uh, 2000, uh, 2010, I think I did the Ole Guns video, the original one, and it sort of took off. I didn't know much about YouTube at that time. And um, I was going over to the States for something near Christmas. And when I left, I had 10,000 views. When I landed, I had like, 30,000 views and the next day then I had like 250,000 views. I didn't even know what a viral video was. I didn't even understand anything about it. The only reason I and, put it on and, YouTube. And if I could jump in, this I Like Guns video you're referring to was in fact the music video for the title track of the album. Yeah, that's right. Yes, the I Like Guns. Yeah, and I just put it on YouTube because the, the country music station in Australia wouldn't play it. I sent it to them and they said, <laughs> yeah, great video, but there's no way we're putting that on our television show. No wow. way at all. So, and with the video, what I did is I went to Cambodia I do a bit of shooting here in Australia, and then I, in, in the when you watch the video, then I end up in Cambodia with the Cambodian army, and it ends with me blowing up a car with an RPG, which is just <laughs> fantastic. <video. laughs> I mean, I, I'm still proud of it until this day. Great video, great concept, and um, imagine, so I, I got to jump in, Steve. Imagine half a gun range in a country that will, for a price, allow you to shoot a cow with an RPG. This is the I've reality. Heard, I've heard this, the stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Steve lived it. And yeah, well, he, I, I was always dubious about shooting a cow because I knew it wouldn't look good on video. And I'm not real cool. About, I mean, it's quite an expensive way to, to get yourself a barbecue. So one day when we were over there, I was going past a, um, uh, a place that made all these idols and everything, big idols and all that sort of stuff. But they had made a cow out of concrete for whatever reason. And I went past and said, what's with that? They go, no, I'll buy it. I said, I'll give you 200 bucks for it. They said, you're right. So we get it trucked up to the range and blow this concrete cow up. So I've got a video called RPG versus Cow. And it's just, I mean, it ended up on television shows and everything because no one really wants to show you blowing up a cow. And all the time I was there, I never I never saw them actually blow up a cow. It was more of an angle. So I, I always defend them and said, probably not. But I'm going to say it's been done for sure, but yeah, I haven't blown a, a well, well. To be fair, you did find a chicken's foot on the on the range floor. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. Yes. Yeah, I know they play chicken foot regularly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. anyway, all right. So Cambodia. So anyway, so I do this video yeah. does quite well. Then I then because I already had an album called I Like Guns, so it was just twelve gun songs. I always had a concept in my head and um and just put the video out there. So for about three or four years, it went quite well. YouTube videos picked up, but as the guy that I am, I just kept pushing the boundaries. Every time I do a video, I do something a little bit more risque, I would say, and thinking that the re firearms registry didn't particularly care because they get a good few laughs out of it. Yeah, you know, I might wouldn't really break laws, but I'd stretch them to their fullest limit constantly. Right, I just and so it was a little self-inflicted that they came after me. I can't say I can't just say that they were just mean coming after me. They, these. And a lot of people think that the firearms registry wants out to get everybody. They are, but they think they're doing it for good purposes. They think they're helping the community. So this delusion that gun owners have that the, all the registries are after them just because they're mean people. No, they're just dumb, mate. They just have no concept that you can have guns and still be not dangerous. That In their minds, these zealots just stand there and go, you know, we're actually, this is our calling to life to, to, to rid the community of guns. 
And it's no other reason than yeah. they think they're doing what is the right thing. Because yeah, not poverty, not gangs. Oh, they're just and, and guns so from law it took me a while to understand that I wasn't fighting against someone who was just, oh, they are mean, so I can't say that they're not mean. They're mean and they're, they're, they lie and they do whatever they can to, to get what they want. But I do think they're zealots in the fact that they think they're doing what is best for the community. But they're By just any means naive. necessary, they're just, practically. Uh, they're just dumb, mate. And, and the one thing that I have found since I've been in this, which I'll get back to the court case in a sec, but one thing I, because I can see you guys are, gonna, are going through the same issues we were 20 years ago with all the stuff that's happening to you, I can see where this is headed. And it's it's the devil is in the details on the laws they bring in. You've got to understand how how amazing the details. They'll bring it in, they won't touch it for 10 years, and then they'll start enforcing it when you don't see it coming. Case in point, Steve, they actually made 12-gauge shotguns illegal, and when we called them on it, they went, no, 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 no that's not what we meant. What do yeah, you but mean? they will. It's the way you wrote it. Yeah. So, like you said, then, 10 they, years they from now, they'll come back. Until one day, yeah. And then if, if they want to go after a guy that brings a video and puts it on YouTube, they 100% will use that law against him. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many angles in this. One of the things that stands out to me, but there was about 30 of these, one particular one, as a dealer, it says in the law that I must know the law and comply with it, right? So that's what it says. As a, as a firearms dealer, you, you get put into to a higher perspective on, on your knowledge of guns. So when the, when you send something to the registry, they don't got to know what it is. If you say it's a semi-auto and it's not and you're a dealer, then you're in trouble because they'll just write it down as a semi-auto. So what happened was when I got my uh, – one of the things they brought up in court was that my um, theatrical armourers um, um, safety safes and, and the room and everything I had wasn't up to scratch. And so when I presented it to them, I said, well, hang on. The problem is you guys passed this 18 months ago and um, it's you guys who passed it. And the magistrate, not the opposition, said, but Mr Lee, the law states that you must know the law and comply with it. So why didn't you tell the inspecting sergeant that it wasn't up to scratch? It's not up to him to know. So let me see if I understand this correctly. You were subjected to an inspection. Yep. The inspector said that everything was compliant and up yes. to code and, and legal. Yep. And then in court, they said, well, in fact, it wasn't, and it was on you to tell the person inspecting you what the law actually is. Am I correct? correct? When the laws came out in 96 or whenever they changed it, they wrote yep. into the law that the firearms, um, a, a firearms dealer must know the law and comply with it. And so but, but I should have told the guy that he got it wrong. Because I know like the me, but but that's like me getting pulled over by a peace officer and explaining to him which part of the motor vehicle act I'm in violation of. Yeah. In case well, he doesn't do know. That. Well, I had that's, to do that yesterday, but that's, that's another story. That's another story. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's go back to, um, you were subjected to an inspection. So I got an inspection for my dealer's license. Now this what guy, year was this? this is in nine, uh, 2012. 2012. So at this point, so the, the dealer's license and the theatrical armor's license, I think, came about after we had met. Yeah, about um, 2011, because I, I was having a problem. I was doing videos and I wanted to get more guns. And with the dealer's license, I found that you could buy, you could tick all the boxes and get everything up to RPGs if you could find one in Australia, right? So you could have okay. machine guns and all that sort of thing, which is pretty cool. But then I then they I mentioned to them one day, I realized how petty they were getting, and I thought to myself, they're going to try and get me one day 
because I went for a theatrical arms license, and the lady goes, why do you need a theatrical arms license? Because I'm doing videos on YouTube. She goes, well, just use your A and B license, your other licenses. Don't worry about it. And I said, yeah, but one day you'll come after me and say your, your um, legal purpose is for hunting and target shooting, and this isn't hunting and target shooting. They go, oh, no, we wouldn't do that. Uh, so yes, I, we would. So I got the license with that argument, and then when it came to the crunch, they went back before I got the theatrical arms license and brought all those videos up and said I wasn't doing them under that. They did exactly what I said they were going to do. So they brought all these videos up and they said he wasn't legally able to do that because that's not hunting and that's not target shooting. And so for a long time, even in Australia, you couldn't even sight your gun in technically under the law on your own land because if you just sit there shooting, you've got to do it on an authorised range. You can't shoot. You can only hunt on your property you can't sit there and just shoot tin cans. It's completely illegal in Australia. So what they did with me was because I was doing videos on a range, they said that's a um, – you put up a, a uh, unauthorised range. So it's not a range. It's a test firing facility because under my dealer's licence, I'm allowed to test any of the guns under that licence. So if even, even if I'm not registered to me, I can test fire them. They said, yeah, but that's not testing. And I go, well, what is? They what go, is well, testing? The, law, yeah. the law doesn't state what it is, but it's not that. <laughs> this is why we can never win. Oh, and it was just, it just sent me insane. So they, so a lot of these things is the problem is a lot of these things they won't charge you for in Australia. There's a thing called NCAT, which you guys, it's a tribunal. So what happens in a tribunal is the registry will just come up. So the, the commissioner of police has the authority in Australia to stop anyone's license for any reason he deems fit. So if it's in the public interest in his view, he can just take your license. Now, the funny thing I found with the COVID issue is that the reason the Commissioner of Police who now basically has control of New South Wales, so the, the, the Commissioner of Police, basically all the Premiers and all the politicians answer to the Commissioner of Police, he has the most power here in, Australia, in, in New South Wales because it's still under a state of emergency. So the, in, in um, South Australia, uh, basically they've written it into the law that the Commissioner of Police under a state of emergency has control over the whole state and that he's got that control. So this happens with the firearms um, uh, laws as well. So... Basically, if the, if the uh, Commissioner of Police doesn't want you to have a firearms licence, you can fight it, but then you have to go to this thing called NCAT. But in NCAT, the problem being is that the only thing you can do in NCAT is uh, they can just prove, but it doesn't have to be law in law. So they can just bring uh, things against you, and if they can just convince the judge, they don't have to have it like in court where it's got to be proven that you actually did it. They can just suggest that you did it, and if they can convince the judge that you did it, even if they don't have enough facts... That's enough for him. So the the same um, angle of uh, uh, of guilty until proven innocent doesn't really. It, it's different when you go to NCAT. So with that in mind, all they do is they don't charge you for these things, but they just try and convince the judge. So in the end, they convince the judge that I did this wrong by this video, did this wrong by this video. So although I haven't been charged, I actually did those things anyway, and I'm not fit to have a gun license. So that only those things came up after you went to court um, because your license was taken away as yep. a result of this inspection. So what prompted that inspection that happened? What I think you said, 2013, uh, being the guy that I am, I talked to the main guy at the registry a couple of times about some guns that I wanted. Uh, it was complicated. So same thing you guys are going through the semi-autos. They'll try and say one's bad and one's good. Like you can't, a mini 14 is okay, but an AR 15 is not because it looks like a military weapon. And then, those sort of things were going on. And I said, look, I really want an M14 to shoot out of a chopper, shooting pigs out of a chopper. And they go, you know, I can't have an M14 because there's a statement in the in the law that says 
if it was designed or used for military purposes, you can't have it on a D-class licence. And I'm like, yeah, but that's every gun. Like, every gun was like, they go, no, the Mini 14's not. My research that the Mini 14 was actually used by the Indian Army, so I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even want to go there, right? As soon yeah, as you point that right. out, then you got nothing. Yeah. And um, But I just pointed it out, and I'm sure they'll hear that, and now Mini 14s are gone, but that's another story. <laughs> anyway, know, but, yeah. um, so with all that in mind, they, they came after me for that on the phone. So I talked to the main guy at the registry, me and him had a very heated argument on the phone, and he just... And as soon as I got off the phone, this is about in 2011, 2012, I turned to my wife and said, that guy's going to come after me for sure. He's just, he's got it in for me 100%. He's the guy that rocked up at my house on the day with the, um, with about 20 cops from the, um, they bought cars and everything. There was 20 police here all armed and everything. And they came around to do an inspection, but it was the major crime squad. So they bought the the guys who go after the bikers and stuff in Australia. They bought the major crime squad. And so then I went through all my guns. And so when they're going through them all, they brought out me Tech Nines and my Scorpions and all this sort of stuff. And and somehow there's a couple of Scorpions I had had a couple of bullets jammed in the chamber because they, they jammed and one of the bullets just stayed in there sideways. So then they were going to charge me with um, storing ammunition with your firearms in your safe. And they, they just come up with a whole lot of charges that were technically right but circumstantial. And so he just went through everything. And on that day he was able to take my guns and say, we've got an investigation going on here. We're going. He was so happy when he found that bullet in there because he knew that was the the wedge that he was going to use and then he just then they just went back and it took months and months and months and came up with all these other charges went through all my videos just just tried to find a whole heap of stuff when it ends but up on that court, on that day they seized all of your firearms everything and you and were my wife and my son so my son was in cambodia at the time so you, and can, can you do you want to share that number Oh, and I was because I was a dealer I probably had a couple hundred guns a couple hundred firearms yeah wasn't wasn't huge no, but it was um, yeah. Uh, well, uh, last week they took a uh, three hundred guns off an eighty-five year old because they said he has no longer has a need for firearms because he's too old. This only happened just last week, but this is going on now. They'll take your firearms license for anything now, anything. Bad driving record, you're gone. Yeah, we'll but get to they, that. Yeah. So anyway, so then um, I fight this in NCAT, and I got a pretty good uh, sitting member in NCAT, a guy called Walker. And we go through the whole process, but they just drag it out. So this takes years to go through NCAT. Every time we get through it, they just drag out every day. And every day you've got to get a new date. It's another five months, another five months. So it takes years. So when I finally get to the end, the magistrate, so first of all, I went to court for all the charges. First of all, I went to court, sorry. Went to court. In the end, all they could get me for was shooting on an unauthorised range. So they said that the guns I was using, I was shooting on an unauthorised range. I was shooting an M14 on an unauthorised range. I wasn't authorised for it and a pistol. And there was that charge and having an unauthorised range. That was it. So when I talked to them, my, so all the charges went away except for those three. So then my lawyer advised me, said, if you plead guilty, it's not actually a major offence. It's like it's such a minor offence, it's like a fine at best because it's like an oversight. So I didn't really want to plead guilty. I plead guilty and I get a Section 10.1b, which means I get a bond for 18 months, but it doesn't proceed to conviction. So I'm not convicted. But I didn't want to have a bond for 18 months, so I appealed and said, stuff that, you got to do something better than that. And the lawyer goes, you're freaking one, mate. I said, yeah, not really. So I spent another four grand, go back to court, fight it, and then I get a Section 10.1a, which means there's not proof of it, siege of conviction, and no bond. So I, I fight them right to the end, and I get no conviction at all. So then the registry says, even though you got no conviction, you still did all those things, not giving your licence back. And I'm like, what the freak? So then I had to go to this thing called NCAT. So then I go to NCAT, goes on for years, when it comes to the crunch at the end of NCAT, which is a tribunal, 
the sitting member says, look, what I want you to do is I want you to give back Mr. Lee his A, B, C, D and H, so my semi-autos, my pistols, um, every, all, all my firearms and his paintball licence because they'd shut my paintball field down for this whole time. So I was losing. I had no way of making a quit either. I was, I was, it was just quite difficult. And so and they wouldn't let me have um, paintball guns because paintball guns are a prohibited weapon in Australia. Well, they were, but now they're not, but let's forget it. Anyway, so then uh, in the end, so what happens was, the magistrate says you've got to give him back his A, B, C, D and H and his paintball licence. So I'm like, I really wanted my theatrical armors and my dealers. And he goes, I don't think Mr Lee's up to scratch at the moment to comply with all the different regulations that the dealers licence, the actual armour licence entitles him to do. So just give him all them back. So they appeal. And when it gets to the appeal, is this the time they win? They win the appeal, but they don't have a point of law. So the only way you can appeal in court is if you've got a point of law. The guy who makes the judgment has to break, has to be doing it. They have to bring up a point of law. So when we go for the appeal, the guy goes, what's your point of law? To the registry. And they go, oh, well, we think that he shouldn't have it. And they go, you can't just say he can't have it. What's your point of law? Where did the walker make it? Make a mistake? So this goes on and on and on. And then, and, and then the, 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 the lefty damn new sitting member goes, well, look, go away and see if you can find a point of law and come back. And I'm like, what the freak? <laughs> How many chances you can give these people? You're so not ready. You're not on. ready. Case dismissed. Then, then they come back like weeks or months later, stand before her, and she goes, look, you haven't got a point of law, but I've read all the stuff, and you're right, you shouldn't have a license. I'm like, what? You can only appeal on a point of law. You don't have a point of law, and she takes my licenses back. I'm like, that can't be right. So anyway... So then I appeal their appeal to the Supreme Court, the highest court in New South Wales. And this cost me like another 120000 to, to fight it all the way because I've got to get a QC and a barrister and a lawyer. And, and I'm just like, they're just like bleeding me dry, right, these people. So I get all the way to the Supreme Court. When I get there, for whatever reason, the sprinklers, they have a storm, the sprinklers go off in the Supreme Court room. I just can't get a break, right? So the, the, the day that I've booked... Is gone because all the sprinklers in the whole place is wet. But then we lock it in for the following day, but only a real short term. So we walk in and the magistrate says, so we didn't get a chance to present our case. He goes, look, just leave all your paperwork there and I'll read through it. I'm like, what the frig? I paid 120 grand for you to read a book. Like, what the fr-? No, this isn't going to work. Anyway, so he goes away, takes eight months. I don't hear anything. I ring up and complain and say, can you tell the Supreme Court judge to pull his finger out, which probably doesn't help, right? Mm-mm. So then he, within two weeks, rings back and goes, yeah, I'm not going to hear your case because you don't have a point of law. <laughs> my, my point of law is they didn't have a point of law, but I don't have a point of law. I'm just like, if I had hair, I'd tear it out. I'm like, what? give me a break, right? But because I haven't got any charges, I can then reapply for my license and start the whole process again. So I do. I thought, stuff it. So then I reapply for my license, get back into NCAT, go all the way through NCAT, do it all again, get back to NCAT, still don't get it. So then I have to wait again, put my license in, go to NCAT, Finally, they said, no, it hasn't been enough time in that one. Then this last NCAT one, they said, Mr. Lee, and the registry brings up all the old things that have already been disproven. So they, 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 it's not even legal what they're doing. They're bringing up all the old stuff like they're going to retry the cases, and it's already been disproven. And I'm like, you can't just keep bringing stuff up. And the magistrate said, you can't do that. So the, the magistrate in the end says to him, okay, I agree with the registry. Mr. Lee, um, uh, I, I disagree with the registry. Everything the registry's brought up is either too old, so I disregard everything they've said. Although Mr. Lee does have a bad driving record, so I'm not going to give him his gun license because if he can't abide by gun laws, how can he 
Uh, if you can't abide by driving rules, how can he abide by gun laws? So no, he's not going to have a license. So then he said, but some time passes, Mr. Lee, and you don't get any more incidents, you can apply for your license again. You can, you can apply for it any time, but you can get your license. So then I wait up until four months ago. I've got all my points back, so I haven't had a fine in three years. Put my application in, and um, I'm going to wait, but they'll drag it out because the applications here can take up to 18 months, so they'll drag it out. But after I told you that story yesterday, Trev, I went down the street driving down, got pulled over for a breath test, and there was a, um, on my number plate, there was a little, uh, my trailer plug was poking up a little bit, covering one of the letters. So he's going to fine me for obstructing a number plate, which yeah. I'll lose three points. So can some I get a kind of Some kind of coincidence. It seems really No, no, that convenient. one, no. 100%. No, no, I'd love to put a conspiracy theory on that thing. It was... It was my own stupid fault. I went past him. It was on the, on the other side of the road. I did a Yui to go back to get something for a cow that's dying out in my paddock, but forget that. Did a Yui, went around, went into the, the, the breath test myself. He didn't even know I was coming. And then I just pulled in there. He thought I looked suspicious. I got an F2, a black F-250. It, it's just, it does big wheels. It just serves you right for driving a Ford. You kind of have Mate, it's not a bad Ford. It cost me a fortune, <laughs> but I do love it. Uh-huh. How much do yeah. you love it now? Yeah, I still love the car. Not real keen on the copper as usual, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I even played with him. I nearly, I was nearly going. I even considered crying. <laughs> I did. I would. I played with the guy. I'm like, mate, can you not do this? And I explained. I said, can you turn your mic off? Because I got a mic and a camera on all the cops here. Yeah. And I said, can you turn your mic off? He goes, not. Nah. I said, come oh, man, I just need to give me a break. And I said, well, I've been fighting them. Uh, I told him my story, and I said, surely there's something I can do. And he goes, it seems to me like you're trying to bribe me. Oh, geez, you've got a yeah, man, I'm not there. trying to bribe you. Isn't it discretionary that you find me? He goes, yeah. And I said, well, I'm asking for discretion not to find me. I'm not asking for a freaking bribe. Like, what the yeah. hell? Yeah, he didn't offer him anything. Wait, did you say all this while you're on your knees? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty well. <laughs> but you were praying, I understand. Oh, my, always praying. Always yeah. praying. Sometimes I wonder if you're working real well. Hard, yeah. Oh, man. But I have a plan. I have okay. a plan. Yeah, All right. I'm, well, it, I'm not going to say it here, but I have a plan. We'll, we'll okay. see. Well, listen, your your tenacity and your stamina and your will to persevere is unmatched. Oh, Most yeah. people would have just thrown in the towel. I'll tell you one thing that makes it all worse, right? So in Australia, you'll love this. Don't have a gun license. You cannot fire a firearm at all. You can't go out in the paddock and shoot with a mate who has a firearm. You can't do it. If I gave my gun to my wife who didn't have a license and she fired it, or you put it on YouTube, which happens regularly, people will put a thing on Facebook with their kids shooting one of their guns and they'll lose their gun license straight up. And 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 there is people on, on Facebook and everything looking. The registry has people employed to do this. So in Australia, so being the God-fearing man that I am, when this first happened, I made this ridiculous promise that I, I, I so regret to myself and to God. I said, look, Lord, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to fire a gun in Australia until I get my gun license back because I'm not going to make these stupid registry make me break the law. They can shake themselves sideways. I'm not doing it. So I make this promise to myself and to the Lord, and now I'm tied to it, and I'm so regretful because, you know, not that I'd say this because it, it would be easier to Wait, break the law. Wait, you mean period? Not, you mean, yeah, you mean period? 
I haven't fought a gun in Australia for eight years. In Australia, but if you come to Canada tomorrow, I'm fine. No, 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 okay. no, no. I still go to Cambodia. So, so okay. So, I so you for made instance, this promise to the Lord that you weren't going to fire a gun. Period. Oh no, 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 no! I'm not uh, that silly. Okay. I'm silly, right, right. but I'm not that silly. <laughs> okay, right. good. All right. <laughs> I have some regrets in my life, but no, not that, none that many. Okay. So anyway, with the Cambodia thing, because uh, I had so many fans on YouTube with the Cambodia video, me and my son decided to. Um, put a video on YouTube and say, look, we're going to do a tour to Cambodia if you want to come and see how we made the I Like Guns video. I charged people forty-seven fifty to come with me to Cambodia. One time we had 20 people, a couple of Canadians came on that trip as well. So we do a five-day motorbike trip through the jungles of Cambodia and then we go to the Cambodian Army, shoot machine guns, blow cars up, not cows, but, yeah, blow cars up. We usually go and buy We'll go around the streets and find a car to buy, drive it to the range. It's a great trip, a really good trip. I haven't done one for a couple of years. But I still go over there and I get my, my firearm fixed quite regularly in Cambodia. And in Canada, like, Canada, man, I'd nearly moved to Canada. Before I saw your laws happening, I'm like, I've got to move. I've got to make him move there. But you guys, I don't want to go through all this pain again. I look at you guys and go, man, I don't want to go back to 96 and be where you guys are at. Yeah, give it a little bit of time and, and it's yeah. it's going to be there. And, and, I, and, and the, the key, I think the key to this is we all try and vote people in, but you're wasting your time. I'm sorry to tell you, it doesn't matter who you vote in. If you really want to win this battle, you have to change public opinion on firearms. You're wasting your time because the politicians will change the law in your favour if they think they're going to get elected for it. That's right. And we have a group so, in Canada called the Canadian um, Coalition for Firearms Rights, the yeah, CTFR. Yeah, I see this stuff all the time. Yeah, I got and, the, yeah, I see, yeah. and they have constantly referred to themselves as a PR organisation. Yeah, and that and that's the the number well, that, one. That's that's where you guys need to be supporting. You need to be supporting because you need to change the opinion of the public. You got to understand you're up against the left agenda, the UN agenda of like pushing society into the the understanding that firearms are dangerous, firearms are bad. You, you're fighting against that constantly. So in Australia, we've the battle is pretty well lost here because the majority of people live on the coast and in the cities. They don't need firearms. They mm -hmm. don't have. I mean. I mean, people were lining up here to get the jab. The government says get the yeah, jab. Yeah, I was just going to say that too, Steve. I agree with you 100%. you got to change public perception. But the world has gone so woke that uh, we're creating a, a whole new class of citizen that's uh, not vaccinated. That's just, you know, like you well, can't. We, we have a we have another issue in Canada in that um, a lot of Canadian culture, a lot of people define Canadian culture as not American. We are not, we're like America, but we're not America. So they, they find these points of contention where, oh yeah, we're, we're like America, but we got real, we got free healthcare and we've got uh, gun laws and all these other things. So a lot of people tie that up into Canadian left nationalism is, yeah. is, is the, really the concept there of, yeah, we're Canada and we're not America and America is all about guns. So therefore we are the opposite of that. And uh, yes. a lot of people push that way because they, they feel that that's the culture of this country, not America. But don't worry too much because before long, American will be saying, yeah, we're Canadians because that's the way they're, they're – you, you watch them. Maybe, and maybe, yeah. Oh, man, I, look, I, I love America to death, but uh, but the, the the infiltration of the – I mean, the fact that Biden somehow got voted back in, whether whether you believe in the Trump saying that was not enough, even though the fact is 50-50 on the votes between uh, left and right. Yeah, regardless, he's in. That's the it problem. should be. I mean, the the land of the free should be like seventy percent Republicans all the time. If the Republicans 
we're actually like not so left. I mean, the problem we have in Australia is we don't have a right and a left governments anymore. We only have a centre, which isn't centre, and a left. But the centre is so left, where, where's centre these days? I mean, it used to be right here and left is here. And now, like, then they say centre is here, but centre's way over in the frigging left now. You're like, that's not centre. Yeah, what's centre now is is uh, twenty year uh, twenty years ago left. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and 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 in a, like even all the gun, all the new guys coming up. I don't even go on Facebook with gun people on that because they just argue about oh the laws aren't so bad and I'm going. Do you guys not see where we were and where we are? Like that's this. They're born into this new level. That's right. Yeah, they're thirty years old and they weren't there when I was when we were out shooting pigs with semi-autos and yeah. And having fantastic times with guns and, and not killing anybody. Motorbiking with an SKS shooting yes. pigs. Ah, oh, fantastic, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, that's another good one. So, Steve, what can you share with us about what's next for you? Um, on the gun front? Sure. Well, I've got to get, I'll, I'll be, I mean, I've put in my application, so these guys won't give me a gun license anyway. So I'll be back in court anyway, but I just, I have a few plans on the angle. I mean, the fact of the matter is, Someone needs to fight someone in the court, and a lot of these things at the registry have got away with, like, uh, if you've got a bad driving record, um, you can't have a gun licence. What happens is they win that at NCAT. Now, NCAT's the lowest court. So all you need to do is take it to a higher court than NCAT, and, and whatever precedent is set in NCAT is then overridden by the next highest court. That's why people end up in the highest court in the country, because it overrides every other court. So NCAT's the lowest of the courts. So most of the stuff that the registry has passed is in the lowest court system. And then people can't, people got no fight in them. These guys are very good at wearing you down. They just wear you down till you've got no money left, you've got no go left. It's just not worth the hassle. That's, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm there, some days I'm there, then other days I wake up in the morning, I've got a bit of a spring in me step, and I'm like, yeah, I'll take him on again today. And, well, then, and then some guy will pull me over and charge me for having my uh, license plate with a little thing on it. And I'm like, come on, man, give me a break. Yeah, and stuff I'm like that will take a little bit of crying less on the ground, pleading with the guy. <laughs> Please, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Police Officer. <laughs> well, hopefully this little visit from Canada will help put a little, some spring back in your step because, you oh, know, yeah, nah, no, no, you're I not you, – you You're not forgotten. Me. We know we know you're out there. We know you're still fighting. and. Thanks, uh, is there anything I didn't bring up or ask that uh, you want to cover before we? Not shut really. It down? The only thing I would say for you guys is I've been watching what's going on in Canada, and you guys—I don't want to bring you down or anything, but man, you're in—you're in, for you're, it. You're in a world of trouble, mate. I just—you got to. I don't know the answer because here I am without a gun license. So how can I give you any advice? But the thing is, these guys—it's if you can um, the, the the if you can when the laws are coming out now. You've got to get politicians who are going to go through them with a fine tooth comb because all those little details is what ends up getting you in the end. It's those little things that they say, oh, that's not exactly what it means. So some you need some really good lawyers who are very, very pro-gun pushing it. And I've seen you guys had a lot of wins, so it's not impossible to win. I had a meeting with the guy, um, Christian Bloke as well, good guy, the politician that got your registry disbanded. Um, the politician that got your registry disbanded years ago. When you guys had a register, all the guns yeah. were registered, and then he he fought it, got it chucked out. Yeah, so you guys didn't have a registry. Well, this April 6, twenty twelve. There was a lot of key players in that one. People that testified at the 
Well, there was one main guy pushing it. Anyway, he came to Australia. He came to our church, but he was talking about what he did with the gun laws, and and he wasn't even a gun guy. And him and his wife came. They were really encouraging. But he's um, I can't even think of his name. Probably my phone. But anyway, Canadian politician, older bloke. But anyway, he yeah, I, I had a bit to do with him, and he talked to me. That he and so I I know there is people in there fighting for you guys. But man, I just don't know. When I, I was reading it yesterday, what what this new this that Mong you've got in as a prime minister, whatever he is now. Oh, what an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. yeah uh, Trust fund, baby. So but I don't we, know. But yeah, but we're in the same boat. So we're, we're fighting against the, the, the Western world. It's just going less and less Western. You know, we're just becoming like the rest of the world. I mean, as a Christian, I think it's more of a biblical thing. I think the left is all about, the right was always about biblical and godly principles. And I just and and I think what's happened in society is people have fallen further and further away from God. But that's from a religious standing. I think half the problem is that people need God. But this isn't a Christian podcast, so but that's where I'm at. So that that's where I I, I just see it as a, as a real attack on on morals and standing and all that sort of thing. So and I think this is just the repercussions of that. Yeah. How do you fix it? Go all you guys go get saved. That, that'll <laughs> there start. You. Yeah. Hey man. You know what? If I if I thought it would get my guns back, I might consider it. I was going to join a church just to stay away from the COVID vaccine, but they won't even let you have a religious exemption anymore. No. So, nope. Yeah. No, nope. no religious exemption. Yeah. No. Our church is pretty cool. The one we got here, they're going to shut the society down at 70%. Weren't, weren't we going to be allowed to go to church until 80% came unvaccinated? And so our church just said, well, we're going to shut the doors for everyone until the 80% comes up so everyone can just stay home. Which I there thought was a nice time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've I've seen some of that solidarity. Like there's one office in town where the uh, people who don't disclose their vaccination status have to wear a mask, and those who do don't have to wear a mask. And the entire group said, "You know what? We're not going to make some of our colleagues stand out and look silly, so we're all going to wear a mask in solidarity." Oh well, there you go. Because in Australia, so everyone rare. has to wear a mask all the time. Well, currently we do, but this was when a couple of weeks ago before everything had gone to pot again. So, yeah. Well, but anyway, it's, it depends on province too, right? Exactly. Yeah. You do some, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Steve, I will. I didn't bore you guys too much, but yeah, that's my sad story. Well, um, let's not wait this many years for an update and let's hope that the next update is a, is a win for you for a change. Or at least me being in Canada going hunting again. Well, that'd be awesome too. Yeah. So we're running out of species to hunt in in Canada, unfortunately. What's left? Um, I still you haven't got, got a uh, uh, elk. You got uh, elk? Oh yeah, we got elk. Oh yeah. yeah. A caribou and elk the same thing? Nope. No. I nope. haven't got a caribou either. Yeah, I haven't so got a you... sheep or a goat. Oh wow! No, no, you've still got a lot of the big, uh, the big. Uh, well, I've, I've got a moose coming. I've got like. Four black bears. I got a grizzly coming. A wolf. Mm-hmm. I've already done all those. Now, when you say coming, you mean because you you get all your stuff uh, taxidermied and then shipped home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to go to BC for your for your sheep, and then uh, northern. Yeah, I don't think I'll shoot a sheep. They're too expensive, and it's a sheep, mate. I got like yeah, they're super. They're super expensive to go <laughs> for sheep. Expensive. I know, but if yeah, you're after the, the yeah, if you're after the North American big game list. No, not really. I just like hunting. I'm not sort of tied up on the biggest one or anything. Elk and caribou are certainly far, far more accessible and affordable. There's elk in Alberta. There's um, 
Man, and I, I always wing. I always wing things. Really I'm lucky to wing things. So that grizzly, I was on. A, I went for a bid for a a goat hunt, which I didn't particularly want, but I got it for like <clears throat> seven grand US for this goat hunt. It was worth eighteen grand for up in BC. And the guy that was um, who put it up for auction came over me and tried to buy it off me for ten because he reckons it cost me twelve to send you up there. So how about I just buy it off you for ten? And I'm like, I'm not in, man. So then when I rang him, because I knew him, because um, a mate of mine was working for him, so I rang him and said, look, can I add a moose to that? And he's like, what, for a seven grand hunt? See, I'll just add a moose. He goes, uh, all right, I'll put a moose tag in. It's like 100. It wasn't, wasn't expensive for the tag. Goes, but if you get a moose, you have to pay another five grand. So yeah, right, I'll do it. So then the week before I leave, they say that they're going to ban grizzly bears. And so I ring him and go, can I add a grizzly to that? He goes, I've only got one tag left forever. And I go, yeah, but... <laughs> and I want it. What's... But, 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 and he says, it's right near the end of the season. You probably won't see a grizzly. It's unlikely. And so I'm going up the Spats Easy up in, in BC there. I'm flying in and land on the lake. Oh, we had to ride horses in. Land on the lake and then we ride on horses. Anyway, so he goes, oh, look, it's 1200 bucks for the tag. Pay for the tag. If you happen to see one, you can shoot it. No problem. So I shot the last grizzly in BC. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a week before the ban, and I, and so I go up there and um, I, I go with me mate. So and so I had to pay another five. He goes, if you get one, you have to pay another five grand. I'm like, what? Seventeen grand for a goat, a moose, and a bear? I'm in. So I fly over there, go there, shoot the grizzly, shoot the moose, and I'm like, and the and the goats. It was too too snowy. It was right up in the mountains. The guy said, "We're not going to get a goat." I don't, I don't care, man. I didn't really want to go anyway. Whatever. I'm in. I don't care. <laughs> so when I get home, the guy, the the main guy, rings me. Right, pay me money, pay the extra ten grand. The guy rings me and goes, "Oh, Steve, seen you didn't get the goat. I'm going to send you five grand back." I'm like, man, what a legend. <laughs> what, what really? <laughs> this is so Welcome to Canada. Yeah, so I was just so happy. So then, yeah, but it was such a good hunt. It was like a twenty-year-old bear, and um, oh, it was nice. probably on, yeah, it was really good. And I put both those videos on YouTube of me shooting the bear. It's like I think it says British Columbia, British Columbia Adventure or something. Bear hunting. I mean, you get so many haters. I love the haters. So anyone who hates it, just go. I love the comments. Post and ghost. Never yeah. go back and just don't read the comments. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I yeah, my wife used to pull me up. I remember when I was shooting pigs with the SKS. And I used to shoot so many of them in the head, right? And I and my mate says to me, "Why don't we call one of your videos Chase and Shoot in the Face?" I said, "Yeah, man, it's not going to work." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that might bring the haters right to your doorstep. Yeah, because oh, I had so many where the big turn around and look at you, and you're just getting between the eyes, like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Yeah, man, it's, it's a good concept, but nah, that they crucify me for that." Best sure. fun you could have with an SKS, no doubt. Oh, about mate, it. so, so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, love it. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up, Steve. I can't thank Thanks, you guys. enough. No worries at all. Anytime. And, Hopefully uh, I'll come over there and do another video, uh, another um, uh, interview with you one day live. I'll come there. Well, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. If yeah, things get back awesome. to normal. Yeah. Definitely uh, got to have you back for sure. And I got to get over there. Yeah, man. You've always got a bit here. I'm not sure about awesome. you other two guys, but Trev, you're in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait till you see the other two. These ones aren't bad. The, the other ones, this mole guy. Oh, there's more, is it? Well, there's a there's a guy from Quebec. Like we let we let a foreigner onto the show, so I guess you know. Why don't you guys yeah. just come over and do? Uh, why don't a whole lot of you come right mm -hmm. and come over and do a radio show from here? Like do one every day on, on what you're seeing here in Australia. 
You have once of you been locked up because you're doing the wrong thing. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> we'll do that next summer. We'll, we'll. All right. Take care, Steve. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. And for everyone watching tonight, we don't have a main topic. We are going to be recording that Saturday Very afternoon, sure. evening, depending on where you live. Do we want to let them in on who's going to be? Are we, we doing it live or not? Yeah, that, should, that should be the first question. Yeah. It's live? Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be then live. We're not going to tell them to come Saturday. No, and yeah, I want to tell them because they're all going to want to tune in and watch. Yeah, they. so there you go. They, you, they're going to want to come on. So I want to buy again. And yeah. uh, he shoots wild pigs, pigs from, from a motorcycle from... with an SKS with a yes. banana mag on it. <laughs> At least he did I don't know if he still does. And he lives in a really hot place. Yeah. There you go. Right now. And spiders that will kill you. Tell yeah. us. We just did. <laughs> his first name starts with an S and his last name starts with an L and he sings our theme song. Yeah. <laughs> that out. Yeah. Hasn't been on in a while. So we're finally getting him on. We have to do it on a day when he's able to uh, because he lives in Australia. So when we're able to work out. Oh, come on. It's Steve Lee. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Lee. <laughs> did you get ted nugent oh my god that would be pretty awesome <laughs> want to see if we can try let's do it okay yeah okay we'll move on to listener feedback and listener feedback is sponsored by armory dc gunsmith Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. You can check him out on Facebook and Instagram as well. Oh, so there's no feedback, by the way, for emails. No. But I did want to no. let you know that the scope that I ordered from uh, scope that I ordered from him came in quick time. And it was awesome. Just say, just have to say, service from Denny is impeccable. So go and check out his stuff. And he, if you're trying to find something, he might actually have it compared to other retailers who don't. Supposing hmm. we raffle off a Dremel to, to raise money uh, that this Dremel is signed, um, do the listeners want a cordless or corded Dremel? Please let us know in the comments. <laughs> I would go cordless. I, I would love the idea of cordless. totally go cordless. Yes, mm -hmm. because you but can totally go like, to do something and your battery's dead. Mm -hmm. But if <laughs> like if if you have a bench or a work workshop set up, well, you got to go corded because then yeah. you got the power, you got the permanent setup, no okay. charging. Cords get in yeah. the way though. They do. Yeah. If you're they trying to get into spots underneath and upside down. Mm, no, they have this like little extender thing on them that's like super small, like a uh, a big sharpie, basically the size of it. So you can really get that in some weird spots. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I'd go grab mine, but I'm not going to right now. <laughs> it's a gun show, not a Dremel show. We already established it to be a gun owner. You need to own a Dremel. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't have one. <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Okay, so. We've been pretty much keeping up. The Facebook has pretty much been more or less talking amongst themselves for a lot of it, but uh, nothing new from Patreon, Instagram, no Facebook reviews. But uh, if you would like to email the show, 
give us a review, anything, you can send a reveal review to slamfireradio at gmail.com. And or I feel Facebook. like this is old. We don't have a new Patreoni. No. I think that was Matt was a while ago. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. ooh, not, I put in last week. A couple weeks, I think. Ago, so you know what? Hey, yeah. they just give Matt O another shout out. Yep. Matt O, Sweet. yeah, he's our latest Patreoni. So thank you, Matt O, for your five dollar pledge. And Patreon Patreon supporters should have received their patches in the mail. If you haven't received it within a month, or send us an email or give it a little bit more time because Adriel is backed up trying to sell and move. Mm-hmm. I don't so, know if I mailed mats or not. Yeah. But uh, yeah, month, month and a half. Just send a reminder with your address, whatnot. And if you want to become a Patreon, you can go on to Patreon and search up Slamfire Radio and choose how much you want to pledge. Get on the yep. shout outs. Um, Adriel, you got any shout outs? No, I didn't do very much this week. I do. I have nothing in here, but yes, I do. See, I just typed yes. Okay, Kelly, do you have any shout outs? <laughs> so I wanted to give Ari and Kelly a huge shout out for the match, the level two match that was two weeks ago. They did a great job with that. And again, as I said, Kelly makes food for everybody and it's amazing. So shout out for that. And I wanted to give a shout out to Russ and Greg, as well as Richard Stevenson for their work, hard work uh, this past weekend at the Project Maple Seed events that were happening at Kremlin and again to Rick Woods and also Kremlin uh, Sportsman Association for allowing us to come there and having a great set of events and the Canadian University Shooting Federation for supporting us as well so that we could have uh, an QSIP event. Um, yeah, and I think that's about it. And everybody who wants to buy me a Dremel, apparently, or fundraise for Dremels, but we're giving away Dremels. I don't know what we're doing anymore with Dremels. We're having a fundraiser, correct, for mm-hmm. Dremel? And yeah. Dremel fundraiser, get... yep. But yeah. it's for the CCFR. It's not for the Kelly. That's correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. And everybody who wants to do that as well. Yeah. Thanks. And before I get into mine, Richard Lee just said, if, he, if we raffle a Dremel, let him know what it costs, and he'll match the price with the donation to the CCFR. Oh, that's so nice. Cool. Thanks for doing that. Oh, I got a couple. I uh, want to thank Steve for once again putting on an awesome team match, keeping Three Gun going in Northern Alberta. And thank you to all the stage designers in the weekend. That team match is very unique, where pretty much every range, every stage is designed for by someone else from all over. And thank you for DJ for being an awesome teammate once again. And with that, we're going to sign off. So go check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Give us a like on Facebook and give us a review on Facebook. Join the CCFR and we'll see you next week. No, we'll see you Saturday. Or, yeah, Saturday, I guess. Saturday. Yeah. Come and yeah. join us so that you can see Steve Lee and chat with him. But we'll also have maybe the for latte on as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You better be on. Better not back up. Since see you, everyone. <laughs> Night. See everybody. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.